Hi, this is Ed Epley. You're about to listen to one of my podcasts, this one with John Ferrara, CEO of Nimble. And he's going to make an offer at the end of this podcast that would make it very easy and simple and cost effective for you to try his wonderful CRM Nimble. So pay attention at the end of this podcast to the offer from John. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, the podcast designed to simplify the complex job of managing and leading people. And our goal today, like always, is to provide our listeners with at least one proven and practical way to run a more sustainable, successful, and hopefully profitable business. Our guest today, fascinating guy. He's a renaissance guy who happens to be in the software technology world. He's an innovator. He's, I believe, from best I can tell, he's a thought leader. I think he's kind of on the cutting edge of the front edge of of a lot of things. We're going to learn more about one of them. He's charismatic, calls uh, California home, and, and was rubbing uh, the fine weather in, their, in our face earlier today before we got started. And I don't blame him. If I had it to look at, I'd be, I'd be all over it as well. His name is John Ferrara. And, and John, you and I met not that long ago. It's less than a year ago. But I want to welcome you to the Ed Epley Experience. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. And first off, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a conversation with you to inspire and grow others. Because I believe that's why we're on this planet. I believe that I'm on this planet to grow my soul. And I do that best by helping other people grow theirs. And so anytime that I can have a conversation with another human being to learn about them and blow wind in their sails, that's making my day. So thanks for making my day, buddy. You're welcome. Excited to do it. We met on another podcast where we were both guests. And so that was the first time I'd heard of and really understood uh, uh, what Nimble was. It's a pretty fascinating organization and one that I've come to rely on. So would you tell the audience about who Nimble is, what it does, and maybe how you created Nimble and really got into that business? You bet. So Nimble.com is a SaaS business application to enable individuals and teams to manage their most valuable business asset, their relationships. Some people call that CRM. Some people call it contact management. I just call it good business because I really believe that your network and your brand and net worth and that you need to nurture your brand and your network on a daily basis. And they're the people who are going to help you achieve your dreams. But most people don't really manage their contacts effectively. Most people manage their contacts in spreadsheets, email, post-it notes, social, or combination thereof. You know, for those of you who know what CRM is, customer relationship management, it's supposed to be about managing relationships, but actually it's about managing reporting. There's a thing called Salesforce, and it's in the number one CRM globally. And the reason they call it Salesforce, you've got to force salespeople to use it. Most people hate their CRM and they kind of love their contact tools, but I think that both of them are broken today. And I know a thing or two about this because I actually invented them both. So before there was Outlook, before there was the term CRM, Goldmine helped pioneer contact management in CRM before Outlook or Salesforce existed. And I started that company with a college friend of mine because I struggled to manage relationships. And I knew 
that relationships were critical to your life success. And I was managing them on paper and, and day timers. You remember day timers, Ed? Oh, God, yes. And basically, I did my forecast in the spreadsheet. And I, I said, there's got to be a better way. And I looked around for a tool to do it. I couldn't find it because I had a computer science degree. And I knew about programming. I knew about software. I worked my way through school in a computer land store. I knew there wasn't a program that integrated email, contact, and calendar, and sales and market automation. So I started a company called Goldmine and $5,000 over 10 years. We grew it to about $100 million in revenue. I sold that when I was 40 for cash and retired for 10 years and I raised three babies. Man, you got such a story to tell. I'm trying to get clear in my own mind. Were you a sales guy who happened to be in technology or were you a technology guy who happened to sell? I think the latter. I think to really understand that, you got to go to my roots. So I know this is one of your questions later on, but let's just tackle it now. So who inspired me to be who I am? Yeah. Father was the number one Lincoln Mercury guy in the country in the 50s. Mm. And in the 70s, he had the first Subaru dealership in California. So I grew up on my dad's car lot, but I never wanted to be in sales because as a teenager, you separate from your parents. So I basically, my dad was the dumbest thing in the world, right? He was in sales, right? That's a four letter word. And my uncle helped invent radar microwave at MIT. And he was president of IEEE and had his own aerospace company. He was the dean of engineering at the local university. And I wanted to be like him because I grew up watching the space program and every kid like me in the 60s wanted to be an astronaut. So I decided to study computer science and not be like my dad. But I had to pay my way through school. So I I got a job in sales at a computer store because I knew everything about computers because I bought my first computer in 1978 and I had five of them in my bedroom in college. So (laughs) what happened was. After graduating from school, I still didn't want to be in sales, even though I was making $80,000 a year working part-time in 1981. I said, no, I'm going to work in aerospace. I got a job at Hughes Space and Com and Hughes Missile Systems for two years, and I quickly figured out I'm not an aerospace guy. I got a job with a startup in Boston, and it was there that he put me in sales. And it was there that I struggled to manage the sales process because there were no tools for for contract management and marketing and pipeline management. So because of my computer science background, because I knew every software program on the market, because I worked in a computer land store for five years, I knew what the market needed. I knew what existed and didn't exist. And so I synthesized the idea of serum and contact management and my co-founder coded it. So was ACT already in business at that point? Well, there's actually a funny story about ACT. So when I was in Dallas working in sales, I found a plug-in to Symphony, which was a spreadsheet back then, that allowed you to do contact management, which is tasks and notes on contacts. And that was ACT, how they started in Dallas. And my SE, my systems engineer at Banyan, went to go work for ACT. So I got to know who they were. And so ultimately, when I decided to build something, I looked at all the different tools on the market. Act hadn't evolved quite yet then. And it was mainly a tool for standalone contact management. So it didn't have, a t- it wasn't built for a team. And if you think about back in those days, Novell was just starting. So networking application would just hit in the market. And so we basically wanted to build a team relationship manager so a team of people can share the contacts. And it had the pipeline management and the automated marketing built in, which act was only a standalone contact tool for individuals. And so we sort of took a blend of Telemagic, Act, Snap, SailMaker, and a little bit of sprinkle of our own design, right. blended with WordPerfect Office and Outlook Express into sort of what Goldmine became. 
So what year did you start Goldmine? 89. 89. So I was managing the sales force then, and I think we probably were still using ACT and you know couldn't coalesce that information into anything usable without a, a whole lot of individual effort. So did Goldmine hit the ground running and just never stop? Was it a success from day one or did, did, no, did you have a was, lot of proving was, to do? It was a journey. Okay. So we started out my co-founder convinced me to come help him sell an accounting program, network accounting program that he had created. And so I was pounding doors trying to sell that accounting software. And as I pounded the doors and built my, my pipeline of customers and, and resellers, I needed a way to manage it. And so I got Dan Bricklin's demo, which is a screen layout program. And I basically laid out what Goldmine would, would become. And I said, build me this. So he built me that. And we started using it internally and we started building up revenue on the accounting system, maybe 15, 20, 25 grand a month. But but basically, as we hit the trade shows and we showed the accounting program, the, the goldmine program was sort of in the back. And that's all people wanted to see. Yeah. And so we basically followed the natural progression of our customers speaking to us about right. what companies were. Plus, I was a computer science math major. I don't know a thing about credits and debits. And I didn't really enjoy selling accounting software, but I, I did, I did enjoy selling goldmine because what's better than a tool that helps a business transform the way they sell and grow. Was goldmine your name? Did you come up with that or did, how did well, you that's guys actually a debate between my co-founder and me? But the truth is I did. And uh, my dad had terms for everything, right? So my dad was born in Sicily and he grew up in New York and he had words for everything. And some of those words I can't repeat in today's proper world. Right, right. But one of the words that he would use a lot was that business is a gold mine. So when we go into the Cheesecake Factory and it's basically packed, yes. people are basically packing that place for $20 per plate for food and there's a line out the door or Pink's Hot Dogs or you know other places like that, cash businesses. He says, that's a gold mine. And so I said to myself, what is... What are your contacts all about? Well, they're your gold mine because if you can put more into that mine and get more ore out of it, right? That's your gold mine. And so, literally, I really believe that relationships are an investment, they're a pay it forward thing. And I think the biggest currency of relationships are introductions because, you know, what, what better way for you to help a, another human being? But yes, gold mine, according to my recollection, was, was something I came up with. You know, I didn't think to even mention this in, in uh, the prep for the show, but it occurs to me that for our listeners' sake, I'm a user of Nimble. I love what it does for me. One of the features that I love is how easy it is to keep track of emails that you send to others. Yes. And, and the feature of knowing when they've opened an email yes. is really attractive to me to know whether did they open it or not. And whose idea was there to include that in the uh, offering? That was something that, uh, that our team came up with. Actually, it was our customers. Our customers told us that. I believe that the best way to grow a business is by listening to your customers. And they'll tell you what they need. And we didn't really get to describing Nimble, but let me tell you about what Nimble is. Please. I want our listeners today to, if, if you're using another, which a lot of people are, I didn't know how many options there were in yeah. CRM until I was doing my homework. So there's a huge number of options. But if you haven't looked at Nimble, my goal today is that at a minimum, people would explore it to see whether or not it has value. So explain Nimble's value prop to our, our audience. You bet. If you're an individual 
or you're part of a team at a company, contacts are all over the place in your life, right? Right, right? And so as an individual, you might have an account in Gmail personally, you might have an Office 365 account for your business stuff. You might have a Apple uh, cloud account too, and you got email contact and calendar in all those different places. Beyond that, as a person, as a professional person, you might right. also have a website and you might have MailChimp and you might capture uh, leads from there and you put them into your MailChimp and you nurture them. And then you might have some sort of process for engaging, could be a spreadsheet, could be a CRM. And then once you close them as an account, you put them in the accounting system so you can collect the money. So today you have siloed contacts in your contact platform, whether it's G Suite, Office 365, iCloud, or a combination thereof. You have silos in your business applications and individual people use business applications. So that could be sales, marketing, customer service, and accounting. And so as a company, you have the exact same problem. It's just multiplied. Because every single team member in your company has a separate contact database in G Suite and Office. Now, people may not really grasp what I just said, so I'm going to repeat it really slowly. When you go to a contact record in G Suite or Office 365, you don't see the integrated email and calendar activities that you or the team have done with that person. And every team member has a separate contact database. So there is no unified system or record of relationships in your business. So you have contacts in in QuickBooks, you have contacts in MailChimp, you have contacts in your email program, all these different things. And so the beauty of Nimble is it essentially is the first serum that works for you by building itself and then works with you everywhere you work. What does that mean? Unify your contacts from all the disparate places. We synchronize with 250 plus business apps and email platforms. We unify them into a single record inside of Nimble. We then synchronize every interaction that you and the team have on email, calendar, and social. Then we enrich the contact with people and company data. So you don't have to Google people, you Nimble them because it is your job to know who somebody is and what their business is about before you ever engage with them. Today, we Google them. Tomorrow, you'll Nimble them. And then we work back where you work because we have a plugin for your email. We have a plugin for your business apps. So no matter where you're working with the contact, you like you open up an email, you can see who that person is, what happened, who did it, what's going to happen, who's going to do it. If the record exists, if the record doesn't exist, you can build a record on the fly where we'll automatically you know, build all this beautiful data for them. And so I like to say that we're the first serum that works for you by building itself and then works with you everywhere you work, which I think is one of the reasons why people love using Nimble. And the crux of it is that we're built for relationships and the person engaging. Most CRMs are built for reporting and the person managing. Say that one more time, because I think that's that's the essence of it. The reason why people love Goldmine and ACT is because it helped them to build relationships and be successful with people. What happened was CRM was invented and they ripped the gold mines and axe out of people's hands and they shoved them with Siebel and Salesforce, which those CRMs aren't about relationships, they're about reporting. And they're basically about command and control. So the reason why people love Nimble is it's there to help the customer facing business team member engage more effectively. Yes, we have the reporting, but it's not the focus of Nimble. The focus of Nimble is empowering your team to be successful with the contacts. If a sales manager is listening, and I know a few of you are, and um, if a business owner is listening, and I know a few of you are, and you're at all concerned about whether or not you have 
strengthen your relationships with an individual or an organization over time. Nimble is really effective at making it simple to improve the frequency at which you communicate and the ways you communicate with those contacts. It's really remarkable. I, I know that when I've entered contacts into Nimble, immediately what populates and shows is information about them from LinkedIn, from Twitter, and from these other 250 or so applications. So all of a sudden, you're seeing a, a more holistic approach to who this person is yeah. and what, they are, what they're interested in, what they care about. And all of a sudden, you have an opportunity to talk about something with them. Should you reach out to them and they don't know who you are, you can at least sound intelligent about knowing that person, knowing something about them, like you've done your homework. And that's, and, that shortens a sales cycle dramatically. And Ed, isn't this what you taught salespeople 20, 30 years ago? Oh, yeah. When you oh, go yeah. into the office, look at their walls, look at the yep. book they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they, they collect. Why? To figure out what you have in common in order to share the commonalities, in order to earn intimacy and trust, to get them to open up to you about their business issues, which as a professional, you can then solve, I call it the five F's of life. This is how we connect as human beings and we remember each other. Family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship, right? This is this is why you need to move beyond the LinkedIn connection into connections in places like Facebook and Instagram, because that's where you're going to learn about that person's heart and soul and build a connection that will survive delivery issues or pricing issues oh, or yeah. whatever business issues that occur. Give me the five F's again. Family, food, friendship. Family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. Fun and they're and basically the, the softer side of a human being that you definitely want to connect with. Like, where'd they go to school? What's their team they like? Yep. But, yep. you know, it's the reason why when we pick up the phone and we talk to somebody, we don't get to the point like saying, did you sign the contract? Right? right. right. You say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How about them Lakers? You know, whatever, whatever it is, right? Just to connect. Have you ever read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People? It's right there on my shelf. Yeah, so I, I wondered because you, you, you're you talking about those basic human relations principles of becoming genuinely interested in the other person. That's, that's well, really the essence of it. You know, John Wooden said it best. It's the basics that wins games. And I think that a lot of salespeople don't do the basics because it's too much work, right? Oh, They're yeah. too busy typing in the stuff that they Googled on the business or the company because that's what they're supposed to do rather than the computer doing that for them. And yeah. then they could do what's important, which is log in the note and schedule the task. Is it safe to say, because I, I feel this way about Nimble, is it safe to say it's fairly intuitive? I'd hope so. Yeah. I think it's intuitive in terms of what it collects for me as a salesperson. Yes. And also the flow, right? How do you enter a note? How do you schedule yeah. a task, right? The, the basic stuff. And did you know, Ed, there's 225 million global businesses and less than 1% use any CRM? No, I'm, wait a minute. Seriously? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the biggest cause of failure of CRM is lack of use. The second is bad data. Lack of use because you got to force people to use it because you work for it. It doesn't work for you. And bad data because even if you type the data in, it'll decay like fish in, in a matter of days because people change and companies change. We used to set appointments for our clients. Uh, we were a contracted resource to shorten the sales cycle by getting appointments for professional services entities. And the data that, you know, that we would acquire either from them or from other outside sources was so bad. The, yeah. the quality was so bad. At least 25% of it was worthless. Yeah, I remember those days. What was the name of that uh, Indian guy with the Database USA? 
Remember him? Vin Gupta? I think you're right. But the people out of Boston were the first ones to really go big on the appointment setting. But I, all I know is that, to your point, data goes bad. It absolutely yeah. goes bad if it's not if it's not maintained. And Nimble really helps you do that with without a lot of work for the individual salesperson. The other thing I like about it is how easy it is to manage your pipeline, what you have in there and what you see and how you can organize it to, to, stay, to stay relevant. Think about a pipeline and a pipeline isn't just deals you're closing. Right. 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 Because. If you think about a typical business, you're not just working with prospects and customers, right? I'm not right. a prospect or customer of yours, right? I'm a I'm an inspirational educator, preacher guy. Right. We talk about entrepreneur and business, and you bring me on your show in order to share knowledge, in order to grow your audience and help them grow. So I would be on a different kind of pipeline, right? I'm a right. podcast prospect, and so you have a pipeline of podcast prospects. Maybe another business person might have investors or PR people that he's reaching out to get people to write stories. And so you can have different types of pipelines. Also, another pipeline is after you've sold somebody something, then you want to implement them, right? So that's a pipeline. It's a post-sales pipeline. And so when you guys start thinking about pipelines, and I don't mean to uh, not talk about gals, because when I say guys, I mean guys and gals. When you start thinking about pipelines, you got to think about all the different flows that each of your different team members might be doing. So CRM or Nimble isn't just for salespeople. It's not just salespeople that sell. Everybody in your company is in the process of touching your constituency. And at Nimble, our constituency is editors, analysts, bloggers, influencers, third-party developers, investors, advisors, and prospects and customers, and the influencers of those prospects and customers. And so our whole team uses Nimble. And anybody listening to this, they should have a team relationship manager, not just a serum for salespeople. When I started exploring whether or not to use Nimble, I started looking at your website. And one of the things I noticed, it's a very diverse company. You've got a variety of talent that's there. Was that by design or was that by accident? Well, I really believe in the strength of diversity, Ed. Uh, If you think about a rope, it's not one string. It's a mixture of strings, and that's what makes it strong. My father was an immigrant. My mother's family immigrated. I'm Irish and Sicilian. And I don't know if you know it or not, but the Irish and Sicilians and the Catholics were the the doormats (laughs) back in the day. And so I know what it is to struggle. And so I like to give people a step up in life. And so we have a very diverse group of people, including an international group. Uh, Uh, That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. We have a development team in Ukraine. We have people from Armenia. We have people from all parts of the United States and all types. I I really believe that, as I said from the beginning, that you can achieve anything you want in life by helping others grow, right? That's something, was that Dale Carnegie or Zig Ziglar? Zig Ziglar, I think, said that. And uh, and it's it's my Bible. It's my mantra. And so I think that a a business person's main job is to uh, communicate vision, provide the tools, empower the people to make decisions in the face of the customer and hire great people and grow them, but mainly get out of the way. And I think that if you're constantly growing people to the point where they love going to work and they love what they do because they see themselves growing and changing over time, that's really what it's all about. And I think that's the same philosophy, not just for your employees. And I don't like to call them employees. I call my team members, but also your customers too. 
right? Yeah, right. I think that's the problem with sales today is that it's about bagging and tagging as opposed to growing, right? So service is the new sales. Your job as a salesperson is to help that person grow, even if it means recommending a competing product. If I worked for you when you were at Goldmine and I worked for you now at Nimble, what would I notice the most different about you and how you manage and lead? What would be the biggest difference in either how you show up in terms of your behavior or what would be the difference in your attitude, if anything? I, I think I might have a softer heart and I might be slightly less cocky. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was I was gifted with a beautiful mind and I put it to work. And sometimes, you know, when you're successful, you could get a little full of yourself. And I'm sure that I did at some points. But I think you should actually interview some of my ex team members uh, because there are some really amazing people that could share, drop some really great knowledge. But I think it'd be important for people to see a contrast of the way I sort of see it and the way they see it. Oh, yeah. But I think the key thing that I take away from both the businesses is that we we are a family. And yeah. I say that in the present tense, right? And I think that when the bullets start flying at a business, which they inevitably do, if there is a human connection with the person next to you, there's a bigger chance they're going to have your back. Right. And I think that a family, a team, teams win games. My pop taught me that. I think that the big difference might be that after all the trials and tribulations I've been through in my life, I think I might just have a softer heart and be a little bit less cocky and more empathetic. But I always had a bit of a soft heart and I always was empathetic. It's just who I am. Uh, and I think it's what made me successful, being able to see and read things that other people couldn't. Did that come from your mom more than your dad, you think? Oh, I don't know. They, my dad was a bit of a softy too. Okay. Uh, but I do believe that there is a special nature to the Irish, almost a gift of something deeper. And I believe if you trust yourself and listen to the signals that you're hearing, both in your ears and in your eyes, but also those other senses that you can't describe, that you can synthesize net new information that's pretty incredible and can help you be successful in life. You know, I've been to Ireland to my hometowns of my ancestors and I've been to Sicily and they're both amazing people. But I think there's a certain gift that the Irish have that's uh, might be indescribable. I kind of get that. I've, I've been fortunate to be I, I go to Ireland once and uh, loved it. Want to go back. And I've been to Italy as well. And I want to go back to that place as well. But it's a lot harder to see all of Italy than it is to see all of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, where's your island? The southwestern part, down at Waterville and in, in that area. Waterford. Well, Waterville is the golf club, and I think it's the town of Waterville as well. Uh, oh. Charlie Chaplin's summer getaway is where it was. Interesting. So my family's from down in the south around Cork and then yeah. up, uh, up near Galway and Mayo. And yeah, it's a it's a great place. But but I do think that business people need to do more than the basics in regards to what they might learn in a business book. I think to really, really be special in a business that you have to trust in a higher power. Why do you say that? Because I don't think that anybody can do anything on their own. That, that you really need to, I call it the three P's of life, right? Figure out what your passion is, build a plan to achieve it, make it a purpose on a daily basis. And it's 
one of the things that I learned from this book, which is the Bible of many of the millionaires I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can grow yeah. rich. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that I don't care how much acumen you've got and how much you do. Sometimes you need a miracle. You need right. more. Right. And and I really do believe in in my higher power and being able to send my prayers up to my higher power. And I believe that if you are willing to uh, send your prayers uh, and present enough to listen when that higher power knocks on the door and brave enough to walk through that door, that's when the magic happens. And I'm not being religious here. I'm not talking about any religion. It's it's a higher power, which I think is above religion, right? right? If religion is here, which is this where they basically write books and create religions around prophets. I'm talking about something, you know, just just beyond who's God, what God. It's just it's not a dogma. Right. That's right. Right. That's right. I appreciate you making yourself vulnerable and sharing that because um as you described, the bullets will fly. If you're going to be in business and ultimately own and operate a business, put your capital at risk, you are going to have moments where there are going to be crisis of faith. There's going to be a crisis of conscience. It's going to be, yeah. how in the hell do I manage this? And yeah. is it worth it? If you don't have that higher power option to at least calm your thinking and cause you to step back and and think about uh, long term, what's going to really matter when you're on your deathbed? What what will you think about? I think it's a, it's a powerful lever for most of us when we have that option. Yeah. Yeah. There's a song that rings to me again. I'm not getting any any dogma, but this particular one says, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a song like that. Yeah. And here is an example that's real life, non-religious. You ever ridden a motorcycle in the desert? No. Okay. I have. We we had this this place out near Southern California that was a big wide desert. If you ride a motorcycle in the desert and you hold on to the handlebars too tight, you're gonna fall. It's just gonna crash because the sand needs you to let go of the wheel enough so it could just play through the sand and it sort of floats. And you can just float through the sand by just letting it do its thing. And so you you're sort of trusting, right? Oh, yeah. You're trusting that flow right there. And so I think that also applies to your team because you're never going to be successful as a business person if you're always holding the wheel and not letting other people drive. And and you know what? They're going to they're going to hit things. They're going to make mistakes. That's how they grow. So I believe that a smart business person hires people who are smarter than them and gives them vision, empowers them and lets them go, even when they know they could do that particular thing better. Oh, yeah. But you'll never grow unless you do that. Yeah. The limits for the organization's development really rest oftentimes in the capacity of the owner, the president, the CEO to uh, let others make the mistakes they need to in order to become better, you know, to grow and get. You can't teach experience, John. You cannot teach no. it. You can only no. earn it. I want to ask you, like I do every guest, uh, we're at that time where we're pretty much at the end of our time today. So what is that one thing that if you had a chance to talk to any business owner or president executive, she or he said, what's what's the what's the one thing that you think most matters to me running a more effective business or team that that if I can only do this one thing, this would be the most important one? Well, I question what your purpose of having a business even is. Right. I mean, are, are you there to make money? 
Are you there to make a million dollars? If you make a million dollars today, are you going to be happy? Right. Is that going to do it for you? If you make $10 million, you got $10 million in the bank. Is that your goal in life? So we didn't have any investors at Goldmine. We started on $5,000, grew it to about $100 million in, in revenue after over 10 years. And we sold it for cash. So you could do some multiplication of what that, that number was. Let's just say it was a lot of money. Right. A year after that, I got a head tumor and almost died. So... So there I was sitting there with my second baby being born and millions in the bank, more than I ever spent in my life, thinking, really, is this it? And so (laughs) if you don't remember anything I said, you're not going to take the money with you. Right. The only thing that you're going to take with you or leave behind are the moments you've been truly present with other human beings taking the time to learn enough about them and blowing some wind in their sails, those ripples through the pond. And so if you're a business person and your goals is making money, I don't think you, you're, I don't think that's it. Certainly you have to manage business. So it's profitable and you, you know, you doing all the basic business stuff. But I believe if you create a, a business with a purpose that serves other people's needs, make the, your customer the hero and transform them, that is what success is all about. Because people don't buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. And so as a business person, what you should be doing on a daily basis is selling other people a better version of themselves. And if you do that, you could build a gold mine. I know I did. <laughs> I love it. He's John Ferrara. He's the CEO of Nimble. He's clearly, if he's nothing else, he's passionate. But I also know that, that he's purpose-driven. I'm already a big fan. So, John, if people want to reach you and learn more about Nimble CRM or what what you've done to be as successful as you have as a leader, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, if anybody wants to reach me, it's easy. Just give me an email, jon at nimble.com or Google me, John, John, J-O-N Ferrara, and just connect with me on whatever channel is most effective for you. And if you want to try nimble.com, just go to our website, nimble.com and sign up. It's free for two weeks. You don't have to put a credit card in or anything and be sure to some, watch some of our videos because we have a lot of really great training videos. And the whole point of nimble is to help you achieve your dreams in life. If, and if after the trial, you feel that it's helping you move your life forward, I want to give you 40% off your first three months. Just use the code JON40, John40, when you uh, start becoming a subscriber. And be sure to connect with me and let me know how we at Nimble can help you achieve your dreams in life. He likes to fill other people's sales. Uh, he does it so well. He, you've been a great guest on the Ed Epley Experience, John. Look forward to having you here real soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, Ed. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's theepleygroup.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 